In this episode of Everyday Black Girl Curated Conversations, I got to get a look into the life and career of Next Town Down member Terrence Thomas. Hope you enjoy. So I really just wanted to start out by asking you, like, how did you start out when it comes to singing, songwriting? Like, when did that come about for you personally? When did singing and songwriting come about for me? Ah. All right, so I first got into singing. Keeping in mind, I just come from a a family that, like, you know, loved music. You know, always played really good music around me growing up. Uh, from my dad's side of the family playing the blues, you know, from artists like Tyrone Davis, Johnny Taylor, Bobby Blue Bland, some people that y'all probably don't know about. And, you know, my mom's side of the family was more into church. Not that my dad's side wasn't, but, you know, they was more into church and I got my gospel roots from there. Uh, my two sisters, they sung in mm-hmm. church. Like, uh, when I was, you know, when I was younger, they sung in church all the time. And I was like, man, I want to do that. So one day we was at home and uh, my church had like this gospel program. And I was like, yo, we should form a group. And we should sing at church. So we formed a group and we we sung this Mary Mary song uh, called I Can't Give Up Now. And like literally that day when I sung on the mic and the reaction and the feeling that I got from, you know, singing at church, people telling me, yo, when you sung, I heard something different in your voice and I felt the spirit. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, we may have some here. And literally then, <laughs> Literally then, uh, I, I would say that my musical journey like sparked and I, uh, my mom bought me a piano and my dad brought me this drum set. And I literally just like, you know, mm-hmm. practice literally day and night, going to church, running to the keyboard after service was over to try to get the musicians, the elder musicians to like teach me stuff. So yeah. And uh, le- just later into my career, it's like when I got deeper into songwriting, producing, and you know, uh, composing and stuff like that. Really, just taking stuff from other people that we work from, that we work with, you know. Right, right. Yeah. It seemed like you were just like destined to like have this career path, because I know, because um, like you're saying, you like grew up in the church, and so your your mom was a preacher as well, right? Yeah, she was. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I was kind of wondering, like how in a way did like that church upbringing kind of shape your sound and like i kind of hear myself whoa <laughs> i think it might be yeah. your it, it i i don't, I don't know man but it, i really just wanted can you still hear yourself <laughs> can you hear me i don't think so yeah i can hear you okay it's gone now it just started All like right. echoing really bad i couldn't okay but yeah, I just sent you like talking about how you grew up in the church and like that influence on like your sound, the way you maneuver within the industry, maybe even the way you write songs, the way you interact with people that you work with. Like how, in a way, has that church upbringing like really shaped you as an artist? Man, let me tell you, like church back in the South, uh, it's, it's this funny thing, like church singers, when you sing in church, either you can sing or you can't sing. Like, you are, you know the person that's playing around, you know what somebody can really sing. So saying that, uh, my gospel roots allowed me to be very disciplined. You know, it, it put the, it put the urge in me to practice. It put the, um, it gave me like drive to like go and study. Like, uh, you know, like whenever we had choir rehearsal, they give us like music to go study and listen to. So I would say for me, gospel really just like gave me that discipline as a vocalist. And I've carried that all throughout my career. Like, God, if you know any gospel singers who, you know, crossed over to R&B, they're very, very like mm-hmm. massive. They're very musical, but like they're very massive in their career because they're so disciplined. You know, church singers are really disciplined. Right. So saying that, and, and uh, yeah, for me, it's all about soul. You know, it's all about soul. And you know, gospel people, they're singing, of, of course, for God, for Jesus, or whatever. But you know that soul of gospel music i feel like i i i, mm-hmm. I would i would forever like it will forever be like the brand for my sound like so anything in dealing with mm-hmm. t for vocals anything is all soul. right you definitely embody that soul element because i can hear like even in some of the stuff you do on your own maybe like covers you might do like on your page or just like in y'all's actual songs you can hear that influence like throughout it 
And also, like, when it comes to, like, growing up in Mississippi, of course, growing up in the South, that probably has, like, a huge influence on that as well. So, like, in yeah, what man. ways has, like, your geographic kind of had... Definitely, uh... Definitely where I'm from, we got this thing called Southern Soul. That's like that's like our own genre of music here in the South, Southern Soul. So I, I would say like just being from here, uh, the demographics of my hometown is like uh, predominantly black, but just like B.B. Mm-hmm. Uh, King is like maybe 20 minutes away from where I'm from, uh, Muddy Waters. I don't know if many, many of you guys know them. Brandy is actually from Mississippi. So just like, the culture of the South, you know, slavery and all of that stuff started here. And, you know, they say soul come from survival. So I feel like a lot of those people, you know, they was actually, you know, those artists, they sung because of a, re- you know, because for a reason. They actually had a, a meaning to sing. And I really picked that up very, like, heavily. Like, that Southern soul style, like, really stuck with me. So, yeah. And I, I like, a part of my brand, like, is like deeply because of the south like like we said going back to like the soul in my voice all all of that stuff is literally everything that you hear in my vocal my even the verses that we pick on songs if you notice i always like like why don't t like go with the first verse or the second verse i'm like man you know what just save me for the bridge because i just want to go to church you know what i'm saying (laughs) i I literally just want to go to church so i i noticed that as well especially on like um i can't remember what song it was that really got my attention. It might have yeah, been so, wondering. I don't. I don't know what it was. It was one of y'all songs. I definitely noticed that you were constantly, like, on the bridge. Like that was like your stick yeah, in the way. That's my thing, man. Like, I mean, I will have. You know, I have like parts in songs where I, you know, do other stuff. But I would preferably sing the part on the song where I can be the most free in singing. Like, I just want to take it home and like. You know, let my gospel show. Even if it's like on like a trap type record, you know, just like bust down. I just wanna keep it. I'm like, let me get that part of the song. I like, I want that. We're gonna put a piano in on this trap beat. We're gonna insert this piano in. And they're like, what are you talking about? And yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, so that's the, the South have definitely right. played a, Hollandale right. is my hometown, that's where I'm from. It's definitely played a big part in how I've like branded my sound. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And I know, like, you have, because you went to college at Jackson State, right? So I know, I think around that time, I did my research, definitely did my research. <laughs> uh, just like I know you were within, like, a gospel group. And yeah. I wanted to know what was it kind of a shift going from, like, a gospel based group to an R&B band? Like, was that, like, a real huge shift or was it more just, like, an easy transition for you because I know you grew up in the church you were in a gospel band and stuff like that but once you take that shift was like was it different for you or was it an easy transition man I I was I I, I had this I creative director um this is me foreshadowing before you know I actually transitioned he 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 told me once that his name is Jerry Jenkins he told me like if you want to be good at something just don't be good at anything specific you have to be like literally be like beyonce you have to be good at everything you gotta know how to rap when gospel time come you gotta know how you gotta know how to tap into your gospel you gotta know how to tap into your r&b so literally for me when i do when i was singing gospel for james fortune and uh just speaking on that i enjoyed that journey of touring but i always knew that my Mm. gift was big my gift was just bigger than gospel music you know, I didn't like the ideal of just being caged mm-hmm. in four walls to sing in one genre of music. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, what they say music is the art, of, art of, con, uh, of conversing tones together along with rhythm, harmony, and melody so they can be pleasing and expressive to the ear where it can be like translated amongst all generations. You know, so music is not limited. Like music can literally, it's not like pop, it's not R&B, it's like universal, it's no genre of music. So saying that, I think the hardest part was like dealing with the backlash of people like how are you going to sing gospel and go to r&b and then you know you're going to have people telling you well i feel like you know you can't do nothing for god that's outside of the church i was just man i was just like yo i feel like mm-hmm. i can inspire people singing r&b 
just as much as singing gospel. Mm-hmm. So I think after I after I kind of like got over the um, got over that in a sense, and you know, of course, I felt like you know God wouldn't just gift me in, in gospel. He He gift me to rap. He gift me to sing. He gift me to make R and B stuff just as well as gospel. So it it was definitely like a a mentally hard transition dealing with the backlash of like the church folks but once i got past that once again like mm-hmm. i say the dis the discipline of being a gospel singer have literally prepared me for this journey i'm on mm-hmm. and gospel singers are definitely polished and disciplined yeah right exactly and i know like once um ntd did come about i know it was a real like because y'all all met on the internet right through social media yeah, we all met on IG. Me, uh, mm-hmm. me and Trey was mutually following each other. We, uh, I was at Jackson State at the time. Trey was at Hampton, and uh, you know we both literally left school, moved together in Atlanta, and uh, you know met Chris, and we decided to, to start the group. Yeah, so we all met power social media, Instagram. Right. So was it like, honestly, for you, was it like an organic start? It didn't feel forced or anything like that. It just really was just smooth selling. It was smooth selling. And just like the type of person that I am, I really can't uh, Mm -hmm. I really can't get into like the whole. I like the work, but it got to be organic for me. Like I'm literally not finna like be in a, a. I'm not finna like be in a um, a group with people that I don't know. Just like, oh, you just finna work? I'm like, no, dude, like, what's up? Like, y'all mm-hmm. good? Like, let me meet your family. And I think the reason why we're here today and we're like so strong together is because we actually got a chance to like spend time with each other's family. Like I can go to Trey house and chill with his mom. I can go to Chris house and chill with his mom. And they're literally like family to me. So I feel like we spent the whole first year of the group just like becoming bros, being out in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And it wa- it wasn't until we started going out and people was like, y'all look like a group. It was like, wait, what? Was like, y'all, y'all, y'all dudes look like a group. You know what I'm saying? And it was already singing together and posting this stuff on IG. So we kind of took that and ran with it. But but yeah, I um right. I, I definitely right, I know, built the bun. I feel like I first mm-hmm, definitely. And I know, I feel like, I think when I first discovered y'all, I believe it might've been the the boy band evolution video from like maybe three or four years ago. I believe For that real? was the video. It didn't have that many views and I didn't know, I didn't know who y'all were at first. So I was like, no, I'm just gonna click on this. Cause I was like, and I was like, it's like, like three young black men in a group, like as a collective. And ever since that, ever since I saw that video, I've been like watching y'all grow and evolve it's really been nice to see like everybody's just been evolving in their own way and just um just seeing the group grow like it's really amazing to see i don't know if y'all realize that or not but the people that have been like following y'all for the past three four years it's like really amazing to see the growth and just how you can tell it's a genuine connection within that group let me tell you when you're in a group it's already challenging because you have five different ideas, five mm-hmm. different opinions, five different inputs on things. And little do people know that is very challenging because we was already five individual artists, almost in the pinnacle of figuring out what we wanted to do for the rest, you know, what we wanted to do as young artists and like coming into a group, you know, being able to like, bring all of those ideas into one thing it's going to take a real relationship you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying because you know you have all these problems with people with egos oh i got this or oh, i'm gonna take this alarm keep going off uh i'm gonna take this part i'm gonna take that part uh, oh, i want to do this move i want to be at the forefront of this and it's like mm-hmm. nah bro nah we literally took time to become fans of each other and be like, yo, bro, you're strong in this. I'm not too strong in that, but I really feel like if you did this, it would be dope. In literally areas that I was weak in, um, even when it came to the uh, the uh, writing process, I wasn't as a, as much of a strong writer when we first started off. And literally, uh, just being around Trey and you know Chris, and you know just like having their confidence in writing around kind of like helped myself. So I think it was like 
that personal our relationship helped us identify our strong points and our weak points which made shooting videos like the you know the boy band videos it made it so much easier yo it made it like mm-hmm. you know because you like that stuff is like <laughs> working in a group is hard man i'm telling you mm-hmm. it is so hard but if you don't have that solid foundation laid that thing will go down so quick so i'm thankful to god to have these dudes and and i really don't even i I really don't think people understand that these are literally like five of like four of like the most gentlemen guys i've ever met like guys that got manners and like actually know how to talk to ladies and you know really good guys not like no no butt heads or like fuck offs they are really like really good guys yeah Mm -hmm. i'm done because i've been to start preaching Well, yeah, you can really see like how y'all laid that foundation and shows through y'all's work and even y'all's videos, how y'all interact with each other, like on the YouTube channel or even like how when y'all did that thing with Sorati when y'all were in the car and stuff, just the way y'all connected and vibe with each other, it was just really genuine. And I yeah. really wanted to ask you, like, since you are you are the oldest in the group, right? I'm the oldest, You're the man. Oldest I'm in the group. man. I'm taking all the aunties and, and I'm just playing it out. <laughs> Leon, Leon, look, me and Leon hang so tight. Sometimes I had to catch myself because I be acting like I'm 16 mm-hmm. years old. I'm like, bro, come on, you got it, you got to grow up, bro. Mm-hmm. I be acting like, yeah, but I'm the, I'm the oldest to answer your question, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, how did it feel being the oldest in the house and just kind of being around guys that are like a little bit younger than you and like Leon, like being like the baby. <laughs> Leon's Man. the one that's closest to my age. I feel like I like he's a little older than me, but I feel like I've watched him grow up for some reason. <laughs> Weird, but hey, just kind of seeing y'all <laughs> peep this though. Yeah, that dynamic. These dudes have like their souls are literally like 40 and 50 years old, even from just the artists that they study. We all share and come in. Like mm-hmm. having favorite artists like Michael Jackson, you know Sam Cooke, Dunny Hathaway, Aretha Franklin. These dudes literally have old soul, old souls because of their parents and stuff right. like that. So um, when I met them, you know, I was just like, I am the oldest, but I don't know. They kind of made me feel young, <laughs> and like I had to catch myself mm-hmm. at certain points. So I'm like, nigga, you, you, you acting childish in your mind. Like, you know, I'm like, hold up, hold up, nah. <laughs> but. Uh, it was an opportunity because Leon, you know, when we first joined, he moved out to LA and you know, his his parents not in LA. So it's like my little my little guy got to grow up and I actually got to, you know, teach him some stuff, instilled in him like some mm-hmm. discipline, discipline of like uh, figuring out his sound and stuff like that. So it was areas that I've definitely helped in. But these dudes, like, it really wasn't like a, a like a lot, like nothing for me to really like teach them or anything like that. Like, they really made me feel mm-hmm. young, if I'm being honest. Trey had been to college. Uh, Chris literally was in his black theater club back in his hometown, where everybody was literally older than older than him. Was probably like one of mm-hmm. like one of the only youngest people on his Motown. What it was, yeah. Uh, Playing little Michael Jackson on Motown the musical, he was probably one of the only youngest. He was only the youngest there, and like these dudes have literally been around old people all their life, so it's just like a natural tap in. Like you, you sit and talk to Leon, he'll be talking to me about stuff. I'm like, dude, you should not be talking about stuff like this. What do you mean? So yeah, he's they're all literally like old souls, all old souls, all old guys and young guys bodies. Yeah, so I want like I can the, definitely relate to that. Yeah, I want like the old mm-hmm. man. Hey, you need to do this, bro. You don't need to do this. You don't. No, nah, I want that type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's good. So like being in that group, like, of course, you being the oldest, you might be a little wiser on some topics when it comes to certain things. But like, what lessons did you like learn from just being around these guys and interacting with them? Like, what did they teach you? What did you teach them? Just like as a as a whole collective. I think. I've definitely experienced some stuff throughout my uh, almost. I left. I left college during my senior year, um, and you know, college is like you know that dude. You experience like life changing things in college. So, just wisdom from you know breakups, 
you know, handling your emotions, being away from home and dealing with stuff, not having your family there. I, I got to deal with that stuff kind of early, you know, having my own place and stuff like that. Um, you know, just being able to just like mentally stay okay. I think that's kind of like what my uh, wisdom kicked in. What kind of happened them. And I think I was kind of like in the church, like a little bit more than everybody else. So when when it came time to everybody dealing with their, you know, dealing with their, little, you know, we all deal with stuff. And I feel like that's where, you know, my giving came into play when, uh, you know, I was able to help them get through certain things, you know, whether it was like dealing with something with, with a relationship with a girl, you know, like, T, I really need your advice on this. And I'm like, well, you know, this is kind of how I handled that situation, you know, uh, and I feel like for me, Growing up, I've only had two sisters. I'm my dad's only child, and I have two older sisters. And I've never had brothers, you know? Mm -hmm. I've always wanted brothers. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that in itself, them just being brothers to me was like a gift. I'm just like, yo, I fucking got brothers now. Like, and they actually, <laughs> like, being out in LA with four guys, you learn so much you learn really like how to work together just like and even stuff that they've just like learned of, along their journey we share back and forth but like i was just happy to have four brothers because i've only been around like you know my my two mm -hmm. sisters i really never had any you know guys siblings so yeah and when it comes to the group i kind of wanted to know like how um the RCA Sony deal kind of came about for y'all. Like, was that kind of like a up and down situation, or okay. did it, was it just kind of it happened naturally? Like, what was that for y'all? Because I know it's different for every group. Yeah, um, every artist. So, I'll tell you about the Sony situation going into the uh, RCA. So we we have an ATV music publishing, and that deal came about when we all got together. We was uh, looking for a vocal coach. You know, um, and this guy we met, he vocal coached us and, you know, he was just like, you know what, I got some friends at Sony that are looking to, you know, work with a guy group. And just so happened, it was perfect timing. We had got together, we had, he vocal coached us for like a month and he introduced us to our managers, who these guys who are now our managers today. And they got us a publishing deal through Sony ATV. And, um, I think about a year after that, after we did the boy band, boy band videos and we steady like created content, this amazing NR by the name of Tunji. If you don't know Tunji, oh, you need to oh go. Oh my God. I actually got in contact with him. He's amazing. Tunji is responsible for, <laughs> mm -hmm. Tunji is literally one of the most influential people in mm -hmm. R&B music today. And he's, and of course, mm -hmm. he's at RCA. You know, you think of Normani, you think of Khalid, you think of Bryson mm -hmm. Tiller, Lamar, you think of SZA, mm -hmm. you think like, don't, don't, don't make me go on and on. But like, literally, Tenji is the goal. And Tenji watched us literally right. for a whole entire year. And, uh, you know, when we first met him, he was just like, you know, we, our man just got us a meeting with him. He was just like, hey, man, y'all dope. Like y'all dope, we like, all right, nigga, you finna pull out them papers right now. We finna sign. It's finna be our moment. He was like, y'all dope, but you know what? I want y'all to keep going. Like, keep doing your thing. You know, we had came into the office. We played them all our music that we was thinking about releasing, and you know, we showed him our cover videos. He was just like, keep going, keep going. And literally, a year from then, Tenji called us up. He was like, flew to New York. He's like, yo, let's make this thing happen. And it was a movie from then. And uh, yeah. That's kind of how the deal came about, you know, from the vocal coach to introducing us to our managers to Tenji watching us over that course of time and actually signing us just recently about six, seven mm -hmm. months ago. Yep. Right, right. I know the people, because uh, I know he's associated with like Keep Cool and um, like Courtney and Blair and all those people over there. And yeah. I'm actually one of my mentors is Blair Monroe. From, okay. Um, Keep Cool. I've been like my industry interest and stuff like that. Blair so. I definitely know how amazing that entire team is. So, listen. Let me let me just let me just say this. Let me let me just say this. I, I gotta but, stop. Um, I, I gotta say this, guys. Tenji, Tenji, 
R&B. To, I, I'm, I'm just leaving it alone because I can I can go on and on. Tenji is responsible for like a lot of the R&B plays that are made today. If you don't know who Tenji is, literally get to know this guy. This guy, I, I, I'm only putting such emphasis on it because it's so much going on behind the scenes that like the consumer, like the natural, you guys, you don't even get to see, but it's a lot of people behind scenes that are making these plays and like making a lot of this stuff happen for a lot of the artists that you are fans of. And it's literally people like Tenji that are making these things happen. And I'm thankful to God for him to be able to see into our future and to like believe in us and, you know, believe in all of these other artists whom which he found, you know, to help us get to where we will be and to where some of those artists are today. Lucky Day, somebody just said, look, Tenji's right. the mastermind behind yeah, Lucky, Lucky Day. Day. Yo, literally the guy was out for a year and a half already at the Grammys. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Literally one of the best mm -hmm. ARs in the game. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I know y'all released Juliet under RCA, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was RCA. Okay. So like, what was like the creative process behind that entire project? That was an amazing project, by the way. My mama even likes the music on there. So y'all did a good job. <laughs> like mama when I told her it. that I was interviewing you, she was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> when I told I'm, I'm, her that I was interviewing you, she was like, who is so that? Look. So let me let me put a pivot right here. So I know I know a lot of y'all see my page right now. You're like, dude, why 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 are your page uh, you know black right now? So I'm we're going through a rebrand thing. I'm just you know redoing some stuff on my page. So mm -hmm. guys don't think I've fallen out the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, the whole <laughs> the whole Juliet EP the the EP is a bop, man. It was super organic. We got to collab mm -hmm. with like some of our uh, favorite producers on this project. Uh, Right. Uh, you know the song Renegade, Renegade, Renegade. The guy that produced that song, Jay White, mm -hmm. amazing producer. Of course, Mike Sabbath, Carlo. I could go on and on and on and on and on and on about people that we work with on this project. Uh, but we just wanted to bring something different. You know, we wanted to bring the harmonies. We wanted to bring the harmonies back to you know, the boy band harmonies back and stuff. Right. And I feel like we wanted to deliver that. Sorry, in I'm a trying way to get my to charger deliver. right now. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh no, you good? You good? You good? Just gonna... okay. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we wanted to deliver something okay. to the people, to the ladies, where we was like, you know, we was singing, but we also wanted to have like, if you wanted to turn up, you know, have like some club bangers. We definitely wanted to have some of that in there. So whole process yeah. was organic. We spent like exactly. We spent like a almost like almost a year like just like mm -hmm. creating these songs and going through our catalog to uh right. you know pick what songs we want to put on the project and you know uh shout out to capricorn clark if you don't know who she is uh amazing woman in the music industry uh she kind of you know helped assist us in creatively figuring out you know kind of like what the concept would be and we was all fantasized with like the romeo and juliet movie and we was like, you know mm -hmm. what? We're the Romeo. We're talking. Hold on. I thought I Anyway, I'm like, we're the Romeos and we're talking to the ladies. And, you know, we want to talk shit, but we also want to be a little, you know, mm -hmm. a little, right. a little, you know, a little sexy, a little bit of raunchy. So, yo, that's kind of how that thing came about. Right. Right. And I know uh, y'all had a a collaboration with Black on one of y'all songs. It was easy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was easy. Yeah, yeah so man. like how how did how did that feel like collaborating with him? Because he's really upcoming. Like Love Renaissance, like the label, their their acts are really like building their way up in the past year or so. So like how did that feel like to collaborate with him? Because he's so versatile. Like I feel like he can hop on really anybody's track and like just, I don't know, Look, I don't even have the words for it, but. <laughs> it almost like take you back like in a ride in the past, like the way that he just hold a pocket when he like raps and stuff like that. So like when, uh, you know, when we put the song Easy Out, Tenji was like, yo, this is such like a powerful song. It's like so dope. Like, what do you think if we like add a rapper to this joint? I was like, shit, like what rapper will we get to add? 
and like you can't deny that like the eclectism of like blacks music it is almost like like you can't say that he wouldn't write a song like that that's slow because a lot of rappers can't rap on like slow mm-hmm. intimate love songs you know we telling the girl like mm-hmm. baby i want to know just like how the fuck you make it look so easy girl you bad you just make it look easy like everybody can't rap over a slow song like that with a bpm so slow so saying that mm-hmm. um you know we was like yo black Definitely. yo black and we sent it to him you know we sent him the beat and he was just like yo I played this record and it was like, you know, mad, it was like mad dope. And he was like, he rode around in it in his truck and he rode around the city and he literally wrote the verse like riding around in his truck. And he he was like, bro, I'm gonna send it back to y'all. And he sent that joint back and it was like fucking fire. It was out of here. And you know, we, you know, we, we mentioned to him like the video concept and stuff like that. And you know, black. Yeah, that cool. video was amazing. That was that was an amazing video. It was a lot of black girl magic in that video too. <laughs> Say it again, a lot of what? Was, it was a lot of black girl magic in that video. Because <laughs> I, I was looking like when I watched the videos, I looked around the comments and I was looking. It was like it was all these women saying, "Oh my God, this guy!" And I was like, in the industry, you don't see that a lot. So like, I really applaud y'all for like incorporating that into your video, like. Especially like brown skin, dark you, we, skin women. That was really, that really meant a lot to me we, seeing that. Cause like growing up, like especially nowadays, you don't see that. For every shade of black, we love our black women. For real, for real. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. B- black women, y'all are like everything. Y'all not nah, ain't everything. You are the thing that becomes everything. You're like the original, mm-hmm. and everything else after it is like a copyright. <laughs> Period. I, I made a post. I made a post um, the other day. It got a little backlash, but it basically said that black women were the blueprint or something around that, like um, area of things. And like you just said, they kind of tie back to that as well. Man, for real. When when black women, let me tell you something. When y'all do mm-hmm. something, when y'all let's follow what you guys. You're beautiful. You're original. I, I, I'm not even finna like make a detour here, but just know that black women are the shit. Y'all was the shit, is the shit, and gonna be the shit for for as long as shit is shit. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. That means a lot coming from you, cause like a lot of people, I don't know. It's just been a lot of stuff in the media, social media. People really kind of talking down on us for like certain things but i guess back to the topic of things well, hold on. that was a good that was you. a good detour though we needed that detour that was needed but look look i'm gonna tell you why i feel so strongly about this because just like i told you about my upbringing in the music was because of my mm-hmm. sisters two of the most beautiful black women i've ever seen like my sisters like they when I, when, you know, my sisters are like very beautiful. I was like, when I get a girlfriend, I want her to have like the hair of my sister, Jaleesa. And I want her to have this feature from my other sister because they was like such beautiful girls and my mom as well. You know, I was like, yo, like I almost was like falling in love with my sisters because of how beautiful they were. And like a lot of these guys, you know, that you're talking about that may be in the industry that I don't, I'm not calling anyone out that may body shame anything, body shame or like, skin shame black girls i'm like what do you think about your black siblings your black cousins you know your black mom you know what i'm saying it's basically like you shitting on them and right yeah but anyway right. i love black women right i love all women i love mm-hmm. all women but black <laughs> women is my favorite just putting it out mm-hmm. there right right <laughs> <laughs> well honestly i really just wanted to ask you um, when it comes to like a lot of people were saying that y'all need to collaborate with Kehlani her, her her album's dropping tomorrow too and I'm excited about that like when it comes to the group what are some like collaborations that y'all really want to manifest or come about for y'all alright so Kehlani may be a thing like sooner than y'all know alright but uh, some dream collaborations <laughs> don't tell nobody I told you but some dream collabs. Uh, it's gonna have to be from some of the vets. Um, Pharrell, Beyonce, 
um, who was Lil Wayne, like some of the people that was goats to us, uh, Chris Brown. Um, who else? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other people. I can go on on Omarion, freaking <laughs> Tank is my, it's my guy. It's one of my idols. Um, <laughs> Rihanna. Who else? Who else is some dream mm-hmm. collabs? That we're going to manifest drake man drake bro drake. Oh, i can hear that and the baby come on drop on this jump on this future man come on get on this track bro somebody see this in drake yeah <laughs> yeah so that's something definitely I, I can definitely see that yeah so like other than like collaborations that you're wanting like for you personally i know you kind of said who some of your influences were like sam cook donnie hathaway people of that nature but who are like some other people that might have influenced you, like, musical-wise? Like, from any genre, really. Not just, like, R&B and soul, um, but just kind of, like, across the genres. Uh, some people that really influenced my musical journey was, uh, I would say, Kim Burrell. Mm-hmm. Kim Burrell. Um, Chris Brown, of course. Uh, this amazing jazz composer by the name of uh, Robert Glasper. Bruce Hornsby, Brian McKnight, Joe, um, who else? Um, said Donny Hathaway, Aretha Franklin, Mahalia Jackson, all of those soul singing women, Whitney Houston. Um, but yeah, if I mm-hmm. if I had to if I had to to pick, any, it's like honed by sound. Uh, from and, and a lot of the artists that I did name, if you look at a lot of their careers, they also straddled the fence between gospel and R&B as well. So there was like mm-hmm. gospel kids who grew up mm-hmm. in church and like crossed over to gospel. So like studying how they did that, you know, mm-hmm. really kind of like gave me hope that I could do it. And you know, you know, just I think the hardest part is just like really figuring out your sound because you don't want sing R&B music and it be too mm-hmm. churchy and stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah right right yeah. and like kind of like with the of course like I know you probably heard this whole term that was like trend on Twitter like maybe some months ago about how R&B is dead and like that type of um, ideology like what do you think about that statement and then also like what do you think about the state of R&B right now for you personally, like, like no bias, no nothing. Like, what do you think? I feel like R&B never died. I just feel like the attention was driven to hip hop, uh, you know, for the last mm-hmm. year and a half. R&B ain't never been dead. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. in this whole state that we're in right now, with everybody being quarantined, you know, we're all experiencing, you know, friends, maybe friends of friends or like people that we know maybe see people through the news that are all experiencing like hurt and people are so emotional for a long time it felt like the generation was very insensitive like you couldn't feel and i know for you to like really receive r&b and feel it you have to be you have to feel you know r&b is just it's a a thing where you just have to like really be in it and i think that r&b has been here has never died but i feel like with us being quarantined and people are being driven back to being human you know, we are actually mm. human beings and we're actually emotional now. I feel like the next phase of music is going to be heavily, like heavily uh, R&B influenced. I feel like people are going to get back more to the stuff right. that feels, you know? So I feel like I feel like right, R&B definitely. never... I feel like it, it didn't... Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it died in a sense. I feel like as time, R&B has definitely like evolved through every generation, like... Kind of yeah. like with like the 90s R&B back then when it was more like deep in the love and lust, everything that came with that. Like the older generations kind of looked at it like, what is this? And then that's exactly. kind of like the generations that are older than us kind of look at this R&B as like, what is this? It's like yeah. it's an ongoing cycle, but it's evolving. Think, like you yeah. don't want it to stay in still water. Yeah, I think that nothing dies. You don't want it to stay in still water. Nothing dies. Hip dead. Mm-hmm. R&B is not dead. Country is not dead. Blues is not dead gospel is mm-hmm. not dead i just feel like you know it was driven towards hip. i feel like being in love is not mm-hmm. a thing no more nobody mm-hmm. wants to be in love you know nobody wants right. to actually 
no guys there are guys but it's a limited amount of people that actually want to actually involve relationships where guys are actually being vulnerable to females or where females are actually being vulnerable to guys it's all like this you know but 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 this that that i want to smash and i feel like mm-hmm. and i feel mm-hmm. like we're slowly getting back to the, getting back to that because now that people are experiencing hurt going through all these t- turmoils in life people are like oh i actually want love i want somebody to be there for when i go through this you know what i'm saying so i feel like it's mm-hmm. it's definitely emerging back to that and people are gaining putting their attention back towards r&b music and you know Summer Walker project is a project to you know to prove that Kaylani is putting out an R&B project and one of the most pre-streaming even been released has been at the top of the charts before it even came out mm-hmm. and her, her album dropped tomorrow and like last week it was literally like trending so people want the R&B it's there we just got to give it to them mm-hmm. yeah right exactly exactly I guess to um, wrap this up, we can like see if anybody has any questions. I guess maybe direct questions to you. I always yeah. tell people just to drop the questions in the question box. Yeah. I call it the question box, but the question box. I'm not sure how much time we have left. The timer hasn't popped up yet, so I For mean, sure. if anybody has any questions or anything like that, yeah, drop some questions. I'm, I'm not- but thank you so thank you so much for doing this. Like honestly, thank your sister for putting us in contact because I've been I've been having a series for about over a month now, and I've been just interviewing different artists and creatives. And um, I like it. Honestly, I really appreciate you coming on my platform and being willing to do this. For sure, my sister. Um, you gotta you gotta hit my sister up. She she told me she was like T. Uh, this 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 girl, she reached out to me and said she was trying to reach out to you. And a lot of times I don't get to see a lot of my messages because I'm just doing mm-hmm. so much sometimes. I'm not always on IG. And she was like, her platform is really dope. And she looked at some of your videos and she was like, you really got to do this interview. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right. I'm like, all right, all right, sister manager. We're going to make it happen. I don't know if any questions are popping up for you, but I know my internet is kind of loading slow, but I'm willing to answer some stuff. Oh, there we go. Uh-huh. Oh, how do you handle setbacks in the industry, especially when it's saturated with new artists coming up? Mm, setbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just like read one of these questions and it kind of threw me off. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't identify any setback or any pause in progression as a setback because you know you think about all the errors and all of the things that's been you know things that we may not be so happy of that's happened to us in life literally the wisdom that you gained from that made you so much better in that area and able to help so many other people and i feel like with us being yet three years in it's still kind of early so even with the setbacks that we have had and some of the setbacks that we will have it's only wisdom to move forward you know uh at the end of the day, it's five of us and we have each other and, you know, we're able to, when the one link is, is a little weak, we kind of like pull the chain a little tighter to help push us forward. Right. Yeah. Terrence, what made you want to do a group and not solo? Uh, I say for me. It was the feeling that I had the first day that I sung with these guys. Because literally, I wasn't even looking to be in a group. I was done with gospel groups. I'm like, no, I'm going to focus on my individual career and not going to be on no group shit. And when I met these guys and the feeling that I got, it just felt like we belong in this era. We belong in this era to bring back those feels. So I think it was the like organic feeling of just knowing that we right. was meant to do this and all of the other lucky stars that along that aligned along our path. Right. Yeah. Right, definitely. How has quarantine affected your work working on your craft? I mean, we can't go to the studio. All the studios are closed. So <laughs> it's just like I get to go in the, in the living room and just like, you know, put my laptop up and just literally I challenge myself to make EPs. So I literally have like almost five and six i think i made like four eps since being quarantined of like yeah. like little bodies of projects that i've made 
and uh yeah so it's like forced me to work that's like my happy space that's like my free zone that's my way of getting away i know my stepmom my stepmom so loud right now y'all she (laughs) she talking talking it's okay i love that lady she's talking definitely like keeping your creative juices yeah (laughs) definitely keeping your creative juices flowing that's really important because like we don't know how long this is gonna last so it's really good that you're still taking the time to work on your craft yeah and i want y'all i want y'all the fans and stuff hey look be in the spirit of expecting from ntd like we got some fire from y'all does ntd have new music drop listen listen y'all know i'm the one to spill the beans i ain't coming to spill no beans but i'm gonna spill some beans yo be expecting (laughs) be expecting yo be expecting i look be expecting we're working on it it's it's about to come we're about to literally blow y'all mind yo about to blow my mind because it's like stuff i've been happy to do happy to release music you know it's about right. to happen and i want y'all to know that like literally right. the delay in release time it's way more it's it's, it's it's so easy to drop a record it's so much stuff that goes on in the mm-hmm. back end it's like literally so mm-hmm. much that goes on so just know that we've been working right. working with our team it's about to happen right what else we got see, i'm trying to see if anybody else let me see. Uh, oh, this is a good one. What's the one goal you would want NTD to accomplish? Mm, the one goal. I think the one goal that I would want us to accomplish is um, some of the guys have never been out of the country. And uh, we always talk about going over to other countries. And I feel like when we go on our world tour, entitled be so that show on earth i feel like to tour just about mm-hmm. just about if not every country and just like crowds of like thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of people you uniting in love to listen to our music that's definitely like a goal of ours to like cross the borders and like All unite right. people definitely. for a moment of r&b and love yeah definitely yeah Definitely. Um, oh, she lied. So. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm kind of, I'm not really used to like people yelling like that. But like, honestly, when I hear it, it doesn't really bother me for some reason. <laughs> Bro, it's it's so normal. They're like, what y'all doing? Like, growing up, just hearing people around the house all the time. What y'all doing? What y'all got going on over there? <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> What's the best moment about being an NTD? The best moment. <laughs> yeah, she on the phone like gossiping super hard. The best moment. <laughs> the best moment about being an NTD. And I, somebody said, I love you. you know, I, I love you as well. My photos underscore my world. I'm going to kind of rephrase your question. What's the best moment I've had in the NTD? I think one of the great moments I've had was literally singing the boys to men. Meeting, mm-hmm. meeting them and uh, a lot of the moments that we have that are off camera that don't get recorded like the conversation that we had with Mariah and hearing those legends mm-hmm. say that we gave them a feeling of like when Boyz II Men were here when, it, when, when all of these legendary groups and like that feeling of like the oldies and you know when R&B was mm-hmm. the main focus I feel like that was just like almost confirmation for us, but to also hear from them who are also like era influencers and like culture leaders, that was like, like it was it for me. And another one of my best moments was like uh, meeting Tank and connecting with Tank. Tank is like a big brother to me now. So it was another big moment. Mm, That's amazing. I remember when I saw that y'all had met Mariah and I was like, oh my God, okay. Like, no. I was like, listen, let me, let me tell you I something. Was like, wow, like, at that point, I was. Let me put you on. We met Mariah. Not only that, we met Mariah. We went to her private studio and we re recorded one. We was recording what we didn't finish it, but we recorded one sweet day with her that she did with Boys mm-hmm. to Men. And she oh, was wow. literally, she was literally on the mic with us and we was recording one sweet day. 
with Mariah. Think about that, yo. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I'm just Definitely. like, can you can you be the cougar for me? I'm him, baby. <laughs> it's me. What's your favorite song off the Julia EP? <laughs> Uh, wondering. Wondering. That's definitely my favorite too. Definitely that, my favorite. The harmonies. So like I was, yeah, that was that was amazing. And like it's like it's like Chris always comes through with those high notes. Like the, I don't know yo. what it is. The way he like he I don't oh my god like I catch chills listening to that song like every time I listen to it. It's like the way he just like embodies. That is really amazing. His false, his falsetto is impeccable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He reminds me of somebody, but I can't, I can't pinpoint who it is. My nigga, so original. He don't even, he don't even remind you of nobody. He's so original. You hear that, Chris? I when I first heard that song. I don't know if he's still in here, but like he went off. Like when I watched that video, I was like, he knew what he was doing. Like he, he did his thing for real. That boy can sing. That broken saying. Um, this is kind of like I guess a deep question. I don't know, but <sighs> what's been the toughest moment you've experienced from being in, in the group, and how do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. I say one of the toughest moments we dealt with was the collation of ideas. And keep in mind when you present something, you're so mm-hmm. passionate. You're so passionate about whatever your idea is that you don't want it to be shot down, but also you're so mm-hmm. conscious to say it that sometimes you may not even say it. So I think one moment we was trying to figure out, like, I think it's like this, the concept to this video or something like that, and everybody really pre- And um, we got to a moment where it was just like, all the ideas like, just like crashed. It was like, yo, hold up, hold up. Let's take a moment back. Let's take a moment back. Mm-hmm. We all want to win. We all want it. We all want the video to be super dope, and we literally tried to incorporate a little bit of what everybody had to offer and make it make sense. So I think those moments that we get overwhelmed, and uh, you know, sometimes we we also have an amazing team that work with us as well. Though the moments that we get overwhelmed, sometimes we literally just take a step back and literally leave the creative space and go out and do some whole different shit hike run like on some whole different stuff and then come back and kind of take a breath and see what it really is and listening listening is so they say reading reading is fundamentals but if you got the ears god gave you and you have the help Mm -hmm. to hear listen Thank you for listening to Everyday Black Girl Curated Conversations. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you come back for more.